Our scripture reading this morning comes from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 7, and we're reading verses 1 to 5, followed by verses 14 to 23. The Pharisees and some of the teachers of the law, who had come from Jerusalem, gathered around Jesus and saw some of his disciples eating food with hands that were defiled, that is, they were unwashed. The Pharisees and all the Jews did not eat unless they gave their hands a ceremonial washing, holding to the tradition of the elders. When they came from the marketplace, they do not eat unless they are washed. And they observe many other traditions, such as washing of cups, pitchers, and kettles. And over to verse 14. Again, Jesus called the crowd to him and said, Listen to me, everybody, and understand this. Nothing outside a person can defile them by going into them. Rather, it is what comes out of a person that defiles them. After he left the crowd and he entered the house, his disciples asked him about this parable. Are you so dull? he asked. Do you see that nothing that enters a person from the outside can defile them? For it doesn't go into their heart, but into their stomachs, and then out of the body. In saying this, Jesus declared all foods to be clean. He went on, what comes out of a person is what defiles them. For it is from within, out of a person's heart, that evil thoughts come. Sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, lewdness, envy, slander, arrogance, and folly. All these things are evil and come from the inside and defile person. May the Lord illuminate our hearts as we look to what the scripture means for us. Since living in the UK, I've become more sensitive to social and cultural differences. At our core in Suffolk, we can have up to 14 different nationalities worshipping with us on a Sunday. At our, the school our children attend, 89% of the students identify as being between two cultures. And our neighbourhood around Elephant and Castle reflects this cultural diversity. I'm learning that each culture has a certain way of doing things. And I'm sure that you see that here at IHQ. Sometimes these differences can create boundaries between ourselves and others. For instance, Australian culture is much more direct in communication and this difference can create a boundary when other cultures might misunderstand directness as rudeness. And I'm speaking from experience. But humans seem to depend upon boundaries and we seem to be drawn to boundary keeping. And some of us might even fear boundaries. For instance, I've heard some of my British friends speak with fear about how Brexit will create boundaries between Britain and the rest of Europe. In the passage that we are looking at today, there are cultural and religious boundaries at play. For the Jewish people of the first century living under Roman rule, the purity laws were an important boundary that identified the Jews and protected their identity as God's people. Now we know that the Jews lived by the Ten Commandments given by Moses. 
and the Torah outlined these commandments along with some additional laws. However, over time, a tradition arose known as the Halakaha, which included the interpretation of the law and the practices that the Pharisees and the scribes adopted in order to keep the commandments. Now, these were created with good intentions. They were designed to be a hedge to ensure that the people remained obedient to the law. Each of the laws described how the Jews could maintain purity. And it included special dietary and cleaning rituals that involved hand washing, the washing of cups and vessels and pots and external surfaces. Maintaining these practices were not an exercise in preserving hygiene and they weren't a health and safety regulation. These rituals were a demonstration of their identity as the true holy people of God, a visible sign that God was with them. Well, in this passage we're looking at today, the Pharisees noted that Jesus' disciples were not behaving in the way that they thought they should be behaving. They were eating with defiled and impure hands. To the Pharisees and the scribes, the disciples were behaving as outsiders. As they observed Jesus' disciples, they must have wondered how these men could truly be holy people of God if they weren't upholding the law. And their question was an attempt to regulate behaviour, call for conformity, and question whether these people were truly followers of Yahweh. Now, prior to this episode in Mark, the Pharisees and scribes were already concerned about who or what Jesus was. And in chapter 3, they had accused Jesus of being a pagan god or a demon. And now here, by their questioning, they accuse Jesus of being a rule breaker and an outsider. And they tried to undermine him by questioning the practices and behaviour of his followers. In response to this concern, Jesus disturbs the boundaries. And in verse 9, he says to the crowd, There is nothing outside a person that by going in can defile, but the things that come out are what defile. Here, Jesus subverts the Pharisees' understanding of the rules and their practices and what it meant to be pure. He tells them that their identity as God's people is defined by what comes out of the person, not by maintaining a tradition. What could this mean? Well, even the disciples couldn't fully comprehend what Jesus was saying, and they asked him to explain. And Jesus responded by redirecting the disciples to consider a more holistic approach to purity. And he does this by drawing their attention to the heart. He says to his disciples, it is from within, from the human heart, that evil intentions come. In the Jewish understanding, the heart was the centre of all human thought and emotions. Those things that we might call the inner life. Jesus called his followers to an integrated life of thoughts, 
feelings, attitudes and behaviour. To Jesus, one's actions overflowed from the inner life. He was more concerned about an all-embracing, integrated purity. Perhaps a common phrase that we could use here to describe what Jesus was asking of his disciples was that they would talk the talk and walk the walk. Jesus explained that those human-made rules designed as a boundary to determine who was in and who was out were not part of the community of God. He proposed a new type of purity, a purity that redefined the boundaries of community, holiness and power. Now, Jesus wasn't overturning the Ten Commandments. In fact, at the end of this interaction, he points his disciples towards the commandments as the continual guideline for his community. Instead, he is refuting those purity rituals and practices that had become a tight hedge of exclusion. He shifts the boundary markers. He shifts them to show what the community of God is about, demonstrating a more inclusive holiness that extends to the very core of human life, connected to the inner being as well as to the outward behaviour. On this Holy Tuesday, how do we make sense of this passage? Well, at the heart of this passage, Jesus redefines what it means to be the holy people of God. And as the Salvation Army, we value our identity within the holiness tradition. This gospel story reminds us that holiness is not about drawing up boundaries. It's not simply about following a moral law code. It's not about separating ourselves from others. Maintaining purity and holiness is about the inner life matching the outward life. It's an integration of our thinking, feelings, attitudes and behaviours, and that this life of integration would be marked by righteousness. This is what we're invited into. We're invited to be identified as the holy people of God who demonstrate purity from the inside out, that every part of ourselves would be touched by the holiness of Jesus and we too would live this out in every thought, word and action. This passage also challenges those religious rules and codes that are used as boundaries to keep people in or out. Those human-made rules that are intended to exclude others. Perhaps these rules and codes were created with good intentions, but now they are a burden too heavy for anyone to bear. Jesus challenged them then, and he challenges those now. In the Salvation Army, we love our rules and regulations. This is a challenge to us. And we've got to confront those things that we've created that have become a tight hedge that exclude others, that deal with the peripheral and fail to deal with an integrated and holistic approach to the holy life that we've been called to live corporately, 
as well as in, as individuals. As we hear this gospel story today, we're invited to take a moment to look at ourselves as the holy people of God. And having heard this gospel story, I prepared some questions that might help us to take a moment to reflect upon ourselves as individuals and together as the people of God. What's the condition of my inner life and how does that impact my behaviour and my actions? How might my life reflect a more integrated holiness? What boundaries, dare I say rules and regulations, have we created or perpetuated that need to be challenged? What can I do to ensure that my life, my ministry, my area of influence is more inclusive and marked by an all-embracing holiness? I want to invite you to choose one of those questions this morning, to sit with God, allow him to speak to you through the gospel and through that question this morning. As God's holy people, let's respond to the word this morning in whatever way the Spirit prompts you to do so. Lord, Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Jesus, Son of God, have mercy upon the Salvation Army. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on your holy people. Lord, we thank you because you have called us to be your people, that you love us, that your grace extends to us. We're grateful, grateful people today. As we look towards the cross, the suffering and death of Jesus, we're reminded of what that means for us, that we are a forgiven people. And as we anticipate Sunday, the resurrection, we're reminded that we are a people of new life and new hope. Lord, continue to stir our hearts and minds this day with your word. Continue to challenge us and help us to always respond obediently to you. We pray this in Jesus' name.